Hey, hey, it's episode two of the Gaming Memories Podcast, where I, Cade Call, your friendly neighborhood failed musician and JRPG connoisseur, interview people you've probably never heard of but are actually really dope in regards to their favorite gaming memories growing up. On this episode of the podcast, I have UK-based artist Ben Gledhill, who goes under the name of False Tooth. He makes really hilarious political and social satire artwork in the vein of like a Rick and Morty family guy simpsons type art style he's super hilarious grew up in the uk had a lot of different experiences based on my experiences in the u.s and even works at a legitimately haunted pub i had a great time talking to him i hope you guys enjoy the show My last guest was on their phone the whole time, so put that shit on silent. Oh, yeah, don't worry. I've put it on airplane <laughs> mode. I've turned the Wi-Fi off and everything. <laughs> nice. All right, we're recording. Welcome to the podcast, Ben Gledhill. I know you as Vanilla Squilla, an artist. He did a bunch oh, my of, God, uh, yeah. Did a bunch of artwork for me when I was doing Damson and Roboclip and making a bunch of music. That's how I met you. You're still doing art, though. I'm following your Instagram. You're posting art yeah. pretty much every day. Yeah, I'm trying to. Uh, I went through because uh, I, I kind of, I'm starting up my own screen printing business and stuff. So uh, that kind of the art took a back seat for a bit, and then I got sick, and then I adopted a puppy, and it, and then just the past few days I've managed to get back into art. But yeah, I'm uh, if I can shamelessly plug myself. Absolutely, um, it's that's the point. False. Yeah, it's a false tooth uh, on Instagram. I just have an Instagram page at the moment. But it's false underscore tooth. Um, yeah, that's it. Just do lowbrow art, which is kind of just like cartoons, adult cartoons and stuff. Yeah, it's just good fun. So it's, uh, it's yeah. what would you call the style? I would. It's sort of like simple, like line art, like uh, what's the word? Like I don't know, like a TV animation, like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty yeah, kind yeah. Of style. A lot of people kind of compare it to that, so I I would happily take that. I take that as a compliment. So, Who wouldn't? Yeah. Rick, and, Rick and Morty is shit for a reason. There's a reason why. Yeah, everybody loves it. I know, right? And plus, they've just announced. Uh, well, not just announced season four, but they've released a bunch of screenshots from it and the new art. Like, it's not a new art style, but it's definitely been tweaked a bit. It looks gorgeous. You like uh, it, especially like the backgrounds and stuff. Massive, yeah, yeah. Yeah, some people have been bitching about it but anytime you change anything with a fan base like that is bound to happen yeah yeah there's always gonna be people bitching about stuff it's cool let them bitch <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> all right well let's start so we always start off with um your very like dig as far back as you can the very first time you saw a video game and if you can remember what you felt like what was it how old were you where were you etc all right okay so so considering I, I was born in 1995, uh, January the 1st, New Year's morning. Um, so I was, I think, when I saw my first like video game, video game on a computer, uh, it was at the, uh, what was it, like the Millennium? It was at the Millennium Party? Like, you know, 2000, when 2000 hit. Um, and we were at my fr uh, family friend's house um and their son who's a little bit older than me was at his pc that night 
and he was playing Age of Empires, the first Age of Empires. And that was the first time that I'd seen anything like that. Oh, and shit. Yeah, that's- I was just like, it was amazing. I, it blew my mind. And I was like, whoa, oh my God, this is so cool. I had no fucking clue what was going on, obviously. Like, I was so young. I didn't know what was going on, but it piqued my interest. And that's the first video game I can remember seeing. That's definitely a fairly complicated video game for someone that age to see. It, There's no yeah. way you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Was, you're amazing. also you're the first person that said that most people, you're a little bit um, younger than most of the guests so far. Most people, it's been some sort of NES game. But uh, Yes, I thought that might be the case. But yeah, I, I definitely have some memories of, I think, oh man, I don't want to get it wrong because I was so young, but like, Probably like Goldeneye and stuff. Was that? Am I thinking of something else? I can't remember. The Goldeneye, I believe, was in the nineties. Goldeneye, I forget. You're so much younger. Yeah, you're a baby. Yeah, I you're don't a know baby. much about him. I am. Um. <laughs> Goldeneye was released ninety five. So you would have right. been. Yeah. Hey, you're pretty young. I would have been. I would have been like yeah, uh, just born ninety five. So I guess somebody must have just had it, like, on their console. I can remember playing that. I can remember playing that with my next-door neighbor. Very vaguely, though. I wasn't very good at it. I didn't understand video games back then. I was so young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's the first game that you played that you you had fun, you remember playing it, you knew what was going on? Oh, man. You know what? I genuinely can remember around my friend's house, my friend Isaac, uh, we sit around his PC when it was like dial-up connections and all that, and we would play, I saw RuneScape, that was like when we first got our PC in, like our family desktop, he was playing RuneScape and he was like, oh, you can play this on your desktop too, and I was like, what, really, I could play this? And so I immediately create an account at his house and ran back to my house and then literally played it for like eight hours straight and my mom was like you need to go to bed it's like it's like nine o'clock come on you've been on that all day and i was like no i don't want to do it this is like my new life now <laughs> RuneScape, yeah, that, RuneScape. that was a free-to-play game wasn't it it didn't cost anything yeah yeah it didn't cost a, a thing so that's probably why i played it so much What's the, is it a pay for cosmetics or a pay for win? I've never played it. Uh, so RuneScape back then, at least, there was, I don't think you had to pay for cosmetics. There was like a membership um, because some areas and quests and events and probably gear were kind of blocked off um, by this paywall. So if you got this membership, then you could kind of access all of that new stuff. So obviously like new like the quests that were blocked off once they got unlocked you could then get the loot from them and stuff so there was a paywall but it was for the most part free and as a kid with putting that many hours again did you hit the wall and get stuck and run out of things to do or was there enough content for you to play yeah i think there was there was enough content i think um but I think because I was like, I was a really slow kid, I, like mechanics of games and like uh, grinding and stuff. I never got it right. I never got it. And everybody else was like so far ahead of me. They were like grinding and they knew what to do. They were like researching online and stuff. 
I didn't get it. I was just like, oh, a goblin, I'm going to go kill it. Oh, another goblin, I'll kill it. And I'll just grind the same shit for like hours, making no progress, just because I was enjoying slaying goblins. So I never really took it super seriously, but um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't hit the ball so much. I just kind of got a bit bored and moved on to something else, I think. Hmm. That's it. I forget. So you grew up, you played games, the internet was already available. So any, uh-huh. yeah, that's interesting because a lot of people remember being young ha- and having limited access. And if you got stuck in a game, there was nowhere to go other than yeah. trying to call your homie up or, or whatever. So, all right, that's actually pretty cool. But you weren't savvy enough at the time to research online and catch up. You just. No, you just I just liked, played it. I, I just enjoyed it. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I was. I never got caught up in the whole making like making progress was fun but i just enjoyed like being immersed in the world and yeah. the fact that it was like an mmo it was like whoa i can like just talk to people and stuff i don't i didn't care i was just enjoying myself nice all right so yeah. what's the next memory you remember earliest game um so after runescape i guess uh because i'm trying to think when i was still in like primary school you know when you're like uh kind of like six onwards five onwards or whatever i think that was when PS2 was like kind of coming about. I was uh, maybe when I was getting to like ten. When I was like ten years old or something, I think it was like PS2 was out or something like that. And that was when I really started getting like into it because uh, I had friends who would get like they'd get GTA because uh, their parents allowed them to get it and mine wouldn't. So I'd go around theirs for like sleepovers, play GTA all night. Um, you know, stuff like, what was it? What was that one with the, oh my God, the alien. You could play as an alien and, uh, oh my God. Play as an alien, MDK? Uh, no, that's a PS1 game. A PS2 no, it, game, playing as an some, alien. Destroy Humans, that was oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, I remember that. And then one of my fondest memories, I would say, that next big game and franchise that got me hooked was Time Splitters, which was the first proper FPS that I really got involved with because uh, it had split screen uh, co op and uh, multiplayer with bots. So we'd just get a bunch of the like guys around on a weekend, like three of us, and just like play split screen, kill some bots, and do some like challenges and stuff. But that is one of the hands down one of the best FPS games on ps2 and you know fight me if anybody wants to fight me on that that's fine because i i guarantee if you played it you would understand how addictive it is because there's so many you know when things you could unlock stuff right this was when ea didn't try and just like cash grab everything like things were locked like characters uh like levels all locked behind challenges like you had to earn like a medal of some kind to get the next character or whatever and it was all locked behind that. And it was the most satisfying thing, getting a new character because you earned it, not because you just paid for it. Yeah. I don't know. Well, first off, you can threaten anyone to fight because no one's going to fight you in that bathrobe. That's too no, intimidating. No, not no. Happen. I'm only wearing this. There are, there are no <laughs> pajama bottoms here, man. You don't want to get <laughs> the, the bathrobe with It's going to no, fly, it's gonna fly open. Off. It's going to fly open. There's going to be a dick in your face before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, I remember Time Splitters 2 because, because of the bots. So I, I had played a lot of GoldenEye, but GoldenEye didn't have yeah. that functionality. So if you wanted to play multiplayer and didn't have any homies to play with, you were screwed. 
Whereas Time Splitters, uh, you could, uh, yeah, the bots. And it was so fast. It, was yeah. like, it ran really good. It was so fast for Very a fast. PS2 game. It ran fast in the four-player split-screen mode. Um, and it's, yeah, you're not alone. A lot of people consider that one of the cult classics on PS2. Yeah, so it should be. Everybody should consider that a cult classic. If somebody hasn't played it, I feel sorry for you. If you didn't catch it when it was out, it was the shit. Oh, my God. So good. All right. So like, like, um, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say, like, Time Splits 2 was great, and the first one, but then Future Perfect was amazing. I don't know if you played that. I haven't played that one. I only played the first two. I didn't even know there was a... It's called Time Splitters Future Perfect? Yeah, yeah, it's... Oh, man. That... Let's take a look. I think more than Time Splitters 2, I, I really got into that. I, I highly recommend playing that, because uh, the variation in levels was just insane, and all the characters were incredible. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, that's it. Basically, I'm going to stop licking Time Splitter's ass now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to look up some it's gameplay so of trying to look up some gameplay of Future Perfect, but uh, it's not letting me skip the ad. There we go. Let's take a look at this. It looks pretty good for a PS2 game. It does. It really does. I think the fact that the graphics are obviously intentionally oh, like the art style. Sorry, not the graphics. The yeah. art style is like intentionally cartoony. It definitely helps. It ages uh, better, you know, much better. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's like Borderlands. I, I uh, Borderlands Two came out that new free DLC to prep for Borderlands Three, so I downloaded it. And I haven't mm. played Borderlands. I'm like that game still looks amazing because of that cartoon oh, yeah. art style. Yeah, yeah, because it is, you know, it's just fun. It I, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and I think that that really helps a game. It really, really helps a game. Uh, if it's not taking itself too seriously and the art style matches that. I saw sure. you peeking at your phone, by the way. I caught that. No, no. I'm like, it's really creepy. <laughs> My headphones, another pair of headphones, right, fell off this pile of laundry and it oh. scared the shit out of me. So. <laughs> uh, do you believe in ghosts? Are you haunted? I actually do believe in ghosts. I, yeah, I actually work at a pub that's that's haunted. That's, really? That's creepy. Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, I want to go off tangent. Tell me your pub, your pub haunted stories. Because I've met, okay, cool. I've met, cool. I've met yeah. uh, door, I did door to door sales for years, and I ran into like five families. One in particular yeah. that were so nonchalant and confident, like our house is haunted. And I'll get to it in a second, but I want to hear your, your. Yeah, oh, no, I, I want to hear that. I want to hear that for sure. Yeah, yeah, but uh, so basically, I work at this pub called the Queen's Arms uh, in this little village called Lear in the UK. Um, this building is so, so, so old. I don't know how old it is, but it's mega, mega old. Um, and a new landlady took it over, uh, my current, current boss. And she and her son have seen things going on, uh, quite often. And my bar manager is also one of my mates. She has seen stuff going on, heard stuff. Uh, going on in there as well so my my personal experiences is i've seen a uh single shot measure um which was placed on the bar and my my best mate was there we were just having a couple of pints and we were sitting at one end of the bar and at the very other end of the bar we saw this um single shot measure is 25 mil i think it was just flew off the bar nobody was near it it just went off the bar flew to the other side of it and both of us saw it and we looked at each other and we were like did, 
did that just happen? He's like, yeah, that did just happen. And my friend, who's a skeptic, he does not believe it all. He was like, yeah, there's probably some rational explanation. There could not have been a rational explanation. <laughs> this measure flew off the side. I'm not kidding. And then uh, another time, I was uh, working with uh, my bar manager. She had gone to put some glasses in the back in the in the glass washer, and I was just standing at the end of the bar, and I saw one of the measures again was just sitting there, and it just started moving towards the edge of the shelf it, on its own completely. I was looking at it as it just slowly moved towards the edge of the shelf and then it just stopped. I was what like, the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, see, that's what trips me out. It's like, you don't, it's seem, so you don't seem like a dude who lies. You don't seem like a crazy person. No, and there's a, it, there's a very small amount of people that have these experiences. I knocked into this family that I was selling them an alarm with my friend. We were, uh, both selling at the same time and they were so nonchalant like yeah our house is haunted by this girl they said they knew the name and she's not a bad ghost like she just likes to play tricks on us she'll like turn the lights on <laughs> and off while we shower and like move stuff around and we like we have like a good relationship with and they were talking as if it was a daughter or a sister and the the kids what? everybody was just yeah it's normal it's not and they were so straight about it i was like what because I don't, I've never had any sort of experiences like that, and I think I'll, there's a lot of crazy bullshit out there. People making money off. I mean, if you've ever watched any of those shows, like Ghost Hunter or whatever, yeah. it just makes you think like, yeah, this is all bullshit. Yeah. But then every once in a while, there's someone like you. It's like, no, uh, I saw no, this, this is, happen. This is straight, hundred percent. Like, cross my heart. This all happened. I can remember it, and there, there are more stories from other people. They can like. What's to the most totally extreme story at the pub that you guys have? Um, so uh, my boss, Lou, and her son, Dan, and his best mate were in the pub. I think they were cleaning up after a long night, uh, just sorting all the bar taps out and stuff, just chilling. And um, one of the peanut holders, uh, like scoopers, sorry, we've got these like two jars of peanuts down at the very far end of the bar which is also where that measure had like flown off that I told you about. Um, so they were down there, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's like a little hotspot. So like these scoops were like in the jars, it was one metal one in each one. And apparently one of them just got flung straight across the room. Nobody was near it. Nobody was near this peanut jar and this scoop just flew across the room. Everybody saw it and everybody just saw like that happened what you know everybody was so chill about it like if you ask any of them today they're just like oh yeah that that just happened so like just standard really there's been more i think like people heard footsteps behind them coming from the kitchen out into the bar area and they turn around and there was nobody there hmm. it's yeah it's it's all legit stuff i mean whether it is a haunting or if it's some there's some plausible explanation. I have no idea. So yeah, the, the phenomena happens. It could be ghosts or it could be some quantum entanglement dimension bullshit that maybe yeah. would, that would be ghosts. <laughs> who who knows? Um, but no there's, there's, not, there's no story of like someone getting possessed and murdering rats and eating their intestines. Or some, <laughs> as far as we know. No, All it's right. just old as hell. Yeah, let's dive into so after Time Splitters, what's the, is the next yeah. game you remember? PS2 or or going on to a, a big memory? 
Good times. Uh, next memory. After that. Um, oh, I suppose that was uh, Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors was a big one. That was great fun because uh, you could just run around slaying a load of dudes, I'd say. I mean, like, that was... I really played that for like a solid month, I can remember, and I loved it. And I, I still will play it today if they bring out uh, another good one. But recently, there haven't been many good entries, I don't think. But yeah, Dynasty Warriors. And then after Dynasty Warriors... Do you remember uh, uh, which one? Because there's like 50 million. Yeah, there's so many. Warriors. I guess like three and maybe four and five. Three, four <laughs> and five. They stick in my mind. They're all kind of the same. They're all the just same. Like, it's just, just mindless. chop it all yeah. up. Yeah, New yeah. characters and stuff. I don't know. I can remember in one of them, you could get like a pet tiger or something. Did that you, was kind of uh, cool. Have you played the, I think it's Switch or Wii U, the, the Zelda one, the Nintendo? Oh, uh, I think it was Hy Wars. Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. I haven't played it. Uh, my, my brother has... Um, a switch so i don't know i don't know if it's is it on switch or is it Wii? i think i think it's switch I think it's on, and i've heard it's switch yeah. i've heard it's a pretty good clone but I've, i haven't played it either no it's cool i mean like the universe is really cool and if they have the same mechanics then yeah Sounds why like not it. and obviously the switch will run well so yeah um all right what's yeah that, no, what's after cool. dynasty warriors dynasty warriors after that man you see this is where it kind of blends into like xbox territory for me because there was a bunch of ps2 games that i just played forever and obviously like oh oh my god how did i forget that simpsons hit and run simpsons hit oh and run. really wow what a game that was <laughs> so good you're the first person oh, that's yeah. brought that game up for sure yeah oh I, I almost totally forgot about that that played a massive part in my childhood i loved that game that was really fun. It was like GTA for kids whose parents were like, nah, -uh -uh, you're not having GTA, you're not allowed that. But instead you could run around as Homer Simpson and just run people over and like kick people anyway. So it was like, <sighs> that's fine. It was basically the same thing, but just no gore, basically. Was the, was it pretty funny? The writing, was it good? Uh, yeah, it was all right. It was, it was kind of typical uh like tv series or movie film translated into video game kind of writing it was bog standard yeah nothing major yeah i don't know there's a lot of references though obviously so i guess they were funny were you also a fan of the show is that why you liked it so much yeah 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 yeah, yeah. simpsons you know up until recently it was always a great show and i think i speak on everybody's behalf everybody loved it up until probably a certain point when I think people just got a bit bored of it. That's interesting that, so your parents wouldn't let you play GTA, which mine didn't either. Once they, well, I yeah. had it originally, and then they saw like a news story on the news about how GTA <laughs> let, you, <laughs> let, you, let you fuck hookers and get help back <laughs> in the car. <laughs> which, to be which to be fair, if I had a child that was, you know, whatever I was, 13, 14, I could see why my parents, but they also wouldn't let me watch yeah. The Simpsons. Simpsons was kind of taboo. Yeah. So I, I thought, interesting. Yeah. your mom wasn't cool with GTA, but she was cool with Simpsons, sounds like. Yeah, yeah. That might be, I feel like that might be like an American like thing, though. I feel like uh, 
back then, definitely in America, you guys are probably a lot, parents were a lot more sensitive to that kind of stuff. Whereas in Britain, we're a lot more, like our sense of humor is a lot more like dry and I don't know. It's, we kind of, I feel like our parents are less coddling from a certain age and we just get like brought onto the hard stuff fairly early as opposed to in the US. I also think but, that, that I don't know. it seems like the US, I mean, I also grew up in a super religious community, which makes it even more um, strict. But mm. for the US in general, is we're cool with violence. You can show people getting their head blown off. Sex and sexual innuendo and sexual jokes, people are really, really sensitive about. And that's what it was about The Simpsons. Oh, right. They would show butts. That was like a big deal. Well, they show butts yeah. in that cartoon. They have sexual innuendo jokes. And that was a no, 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 no. But you can... And it wasn't even running and murdering people in GTA. It was the prostitute sex. That's a... That was the main thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's it, I think. It's it. A lot of it is like... Because obviously in the US, there's uh, religion is a lot more... Uh, it's taken a lot more seriously over over in, in the States, I think. In the UK, we kind of <laughs> learn about it as kids. And then we realize how fucking awful life is. And we're like, you know what? God is either a terrible dude or he does not exist. <laughs> so we're just like, fuck this. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel that's that's probably why. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense, yeah. All right, so after Hit and Run, any other PS2 games that you might forget before we move on? Oh, man. All right, okay. I'm going to try and drag them out. Just think. Uh, you got like, no. a, like a memory of PS2 eras, whether it's a game you already mentioned or not. What's the best memory? Not just the game, but memory associated with it. Hanging out with your buddies. Oh, best memory. The yeah, funnest, you the know, funnest gaming experience, I guess, during this era. I guess my favorite. Yeah, I couldn't remember, and I think it brings me back time splitters again. I know I seem like obsessed with it, but uh, I hey, genuinely had the best times with it. Everybody um, has their uh, their goats in gaming. I definitely have mine, and I will preach them and fight people in a bathrobe about it as well. Yes, exactly. You gotta. It was. Um, I would say. Uh, best memories is when it was the summer holidays and I would go around my friend's friend's house. It's called Harry. He had like a nice big living room, uh, separate to his parents. He had a big house. So it was like, they had a living room and then his parents had like a living room. So we would just get this like one living room to ourselves and there'd be like four of us, um, just playing split screen time splitters too, I think. And we'd just like play that all day and there'd be like sun coming in through the room. We'd all have like cans of soda and like snacks and uh, it's just like, it was the good old days. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. How, how about you? What was, uh, what do you say your best, your best memory was like um, best ever? Best ever memory. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'll stick to, to narrow it down. I'll stick to PS2 just because sure. that's what we're talking about. Probably I got, um, Final Fantasy X for Christmas. Oh, yeah, you're big into that, aren't you? Yeah, I'm big into those games. And um, I also got the new Incubus CD, Morning View. And uh, I got lucky because as soon as my dad... My dad was super anal about music. He tried to be a rock oh. star. He was like... They're super religious. And then on top of that, my dad had a rock star phase where he lived wet and wild for a while. And, that, and that, then he became... He became... 
religious. And so that was sort of like a taboo time. And he was really anal about the kind of music I was into because he didn't want me to do it. All right. And so my mom got, I asked for the Incubus CD. They gave it to me. My dad was like, give it to me. I want to read the lyrics first. And so I had this moment. I had this moment. I was like, fuck. (laughs) If there's one, because they swore in the other CDs. I'm like, if there's like some swear words in here, my Christmas present is doomed. Like (laughs) I'm not getting it. But he actually read through it. And he he was just like, ah, it's just him bitching about having a breakup. Probably didn't say bitching, but... It's like, it just yeah. sounds like a guy whining about relationship problems. So whatever. I don't care. You can listen to him. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Emotional trauma. That's Emotional fine. trauma. No big deal. As long as he doesn't say the fuck word. Um, <laughs> so I played that game over Christmas break on mute, which is a shame because the game has a great soundtrack, which I've got into later. But I just listened to that Incubus CD on repeat. There's no streaming, no internet. So you have what CDs yeah. you have. You had no money. So it's like... There's a little bit before once burning CDs came, I had a massive CD collection. But before then, it was yeah. whatever you get your hands on. <laughs> and uh, I listened to that album on repeat for essentially the whole forty hours it took to beat that game. And I can, I know every lyric to that album to this day just because of that experience. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. That's cool. Let's uh, let's move on to Xbox. What's the? I know. Let me guess. You're gonna say Halo. Because the time splitters, <laughs> yeah, and everybody—that's yeah. the one comment everybody brings up Halo, which is, which is you know, evidence of how much of a worldwide cultural phenomenon that game was. Hundred percent, yeah. There's no denying it. I mean, Halo is Halo. Like Master Chief is amongst one of the most recognizable uh, protagonists in a video game ever. Like, and, and that was a game incredible. that people who weren't into games played Halo. Everybody played yeah. Halo. Yeah, it's like FIFA nowadays, apart from it was an FPS. I no guess. one plays FIFA. What are you talking about? Nobody. Some people play it. Nobody strangely. plays FIFA. I know people who play FIFA, <laughs> and yeah, I find it hard to believe as well. I, uh, but it's kind of like. I believe FIFA your then, ghost yes. story more than I believe people play FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, to be fair, I don't blame no, you. No, it's just like no one, no one gives a shit about soccer or football. No, nobody gives in America. a fuck about soccer. You guys do. Yeah. You guys like it. I don't give a shit about it. Really? I, I think it's boring. I, yeah, I used to, I was more of a rugby. I was brought up on rugby, so but I don't give a shit about that now anymore. Either. I just, just assume Europeans are all into soccer. I just am racist. I'm Euro racist, whatever you call that. To be fair, you're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong at all. You're right. All right. So, uh, Halo, talk to me about as the first time because everyone talks about this. So to get yep. kind of extract different things about the game from different people, um, obviously when you first played it, how how it felt, single player versus multiplayer, and then when we get to multiplayer, your favorite map, your favorite, and then your favorite game, like the favorite multiplayer, okay. the craziest thing, maybe your friend broke the TV out of anger or someone got in a fight, whatever. <laughs> your best multiplayer experience from Halo. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so. So, yeah, I guess multiplayer experience-wise, I've got to say, although we played a lot of the, like, standard, uh, like, deathmatches, team deathmatches and stuff, one of my favorite experiences to play, and it wasn't even, like, with, like, people on the internet, it was just my friends and, like, local multiplayer, was the uh, zombie mode, That's most- which I can't remember Is what it's called. Halo 3? Was there a zombie mode? Yeah, it's Halo 3. Sorry, okay. yeah, this is like, sorry, this is like 360, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, sorry. All right, we're talking about the the original. No, Halo. that's fine. We can original just do, Halo. We can just do Halo the franchise in general. Finish. finish All right, cool. Well, yeah, I, I guess multiplayer wise, I guess the zombie mode, which I think I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically like I think uh, one player had like higher speeds and an energy sword or something, and once they hit you, you would turn into that as well. So then you'd like try and infect each other. Last man standing, and that, wins, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and the last man standing was like super powerful, like really fast and stuff because you had to like compete against a bunch of these zombies. That was just amazing fun because like it was just like ruthless raw like everybody was like screaming at each other in the room you're just like oh we're giving each other shit <laughs> but at the end of it you're like whoever wins wins and you're like all right fair enough i think that Fuck was you, but fair enough <laughs> <laughs> i think that was uh my memory it's probably not right but the first sort of asymmetrical mainstream multiplayer fps i know there was uh some pc games that experimented with it but usually multiplayer fps is like you, you have your classes but it's balanced whereas that yeah you have these zombies and one character is asymmetrically powerful and they mm. played that played that out did you ever play uh, was, it had like the monster evolve oh i watched some footage on it yeah, yeah. it looked kind of cool but i know that it fell off pretty it, quick it flopped pretty hard it had a lot of hype but just the idea of like some you know, Halo implemented that that idea of it. Like, it's not everyone's balanced. You have someone who's super strong against multiple weak enemies. And that's how Evolve yeah. was. One person plays this giant monster versus four other people who have classes. And uh, I think Halo's the only one that did that. And they did it well. I know that zombie mode. Yeah. The only one. Yeah. I, no, it was great. It really was great. Like, I don't know. It was just, like, so intense. That was the main thing. I think when it was a really short match, like, and it was just super intense, super fun. Everybody was having a good time or a bad time, depending on how you're <laughs> doing. I don't know. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Outside of Halo, what else in the Xbox Xbox 360 era? Uh, Perfect Dark Zero. Gotta say, I never played. That, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think I think it might have flown under a lot of people's radars because because of halo i think genuinely i have this feeling that halo just like took over the fps uh scene on xbox for like an amount of time uh, but perfect dark zero is really fun i can't really say too much about it because the mechanics were like pretty bog standard um i think from what i can remember uh, i can just remember having a lot of fun with it and that alongside it? halo was great fun what about it made it stand out that you liked so much about it the story uh, or the gameplay? I don't know. It was we only really ever played multiplayer, but I think it was the gameplay. I, I can remember sniping a lot, and I remember being okay at sniping for once in my life. <laughs> so I think that might have been like it was those like satisfying like headshots or something. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, and so yeah, in so in Halo, cool. you weren't a successful sniper. Sounds like no, not really. What are you? Not uh, really. What's your? Uh, what was your main go-to in Halo? The sniper. <laughs> 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 yeah. so you're just stubborn i don't care if i yeah. suck yeah I just did it <laughs> that's pretty funny that good all right yeah. uh anything else for this time period um not really uh, so you didn't do you didn't do ps3 no. you're an xbox guy yeah 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 no i i went from 
PS2 straight to Xbox 360, and what I thought I was going to be an Xbox boy forever, but I uh, changed to PS4 after that. So if if you can remember what so what convinced you to make the jump switching from switching platforms, um, I think it was. Uh, Honestly, I think it was Halo. I think it was just the fact that we had so much fun playing Halo uh, together. It just made me think, it just made me associate Xbox with like this sociable uh, side of gaming that I had always loved, like this like couch multiplayer, couch co-op thing. I just loved it. So I, I just associated with that and just bought an Xbox. And Xbox 360, sorry, yeah. It seems like uh, everything you've said is basically based around multiplayers. Here, you're not really much of a single-player gamer. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I definitely wasn't. I think once I got older, I kind of started to appreciate things. But that's only recently. Like you know, I think first single-player game that I really got into uh, was probably like Oblivion, Ooh, uh, The Elder Scrolls. That's pretty good, that though. Was, yeah, that's yeah it, was, it was a good game. Yeah, very. Yeah, I had never experienced anything like that before. That blew my mind. I can remember that truly getting me into RPGs and thinking, oh my God, like I can literally make my own character and like do whatever I want and be whoever I want in the video game. And that that was when I really got into like I started appreciating like nerdier things. Yeah. Definitely. Because before that I was like, oh, I just wanna like shoot people. And then I was like I want to immerse myself for like 12 hours at a time and yep. be a dark elf. Like <laughs> that was, I want to be this little elf man. Like it just, it just ruled my life for a bit. Oblivion did. It was good. Did you end up doing Skyrim then because of that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What's better Skyrim or Oblivion? Uh, oh man. Oh man. I, mm. That's difficult. That's really difficult because, like, Oblivion's like truly like brings good nostalgia feel, and then Skyrim's just like it just looks nicer. The combat's a little bit nicer. I know that the combat system didn't really change that much, but I gotta say, Oblivion just purely because the universe was more interesting, whereas Skyrim was definitely not as interesting. Like the quests were so fun in Oblivion like all the guilds and stuff they were so much better than in skyrim skyrim had the most fucking boring quest lines ever <laughs> i'm sorry but it did it yeah you're, did. You're, probably, was... you're probably in the minority most people would say skyrim but um i have i've never played uh, oblivion well i've played around with mods ah. i never played it to completion but i yeah. see a lot on forums and message boards that there's definitely a crew there's a definitely a cult little crew that's like, nah, Oblivion's the real OG. Skyrim's great, but mm. you know, Oblivion's where it's at. What other single-player games... I'd be interested because you're mainly a multiplayer game. What other single-player huh. games manage to suck you in and capture your attention? All right. Okay, I'm trying to think back. I'm really trying to think back. Uh, is this in like the Xbox 360 era? Just, just any. Any game, any single-player game that managed to pull you away from multiplayer gaming and, and get you sucked in. Fable. Ooh. Oh, wow. Fable. Yes. The Fable franchise was... That was great because it looked really good, the art style. Uh, it was charming in, like, all the writing and stuff. The writing was just, like, charming above all else. 
it had a real good like character and personality about the game because it just all it was like the writing the art style the soundtrack um the universe everything just like came together as this like cohesive little like charming package uh and it was just beautifully done it was great fun and the combat and mechanics and stuff they were good too so yeah Yeah, all around amazing game I don't know if you were involved in the hype cycle of marketing for that campaign. Do you remember any of that in some of the controversy? No, no I can't yeah. remember any of that. There was a, so Peter, I don't know how to say his last name. It's like Monolu, M-O-N-L-Y-N-E-U-X, Mon, Monolex, Monolu. He, is a, he was like a primary uh, creative director, game developer for – that studio was Microsoft-owned. It was a first-party studio. I think it's called Lionhead. And, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah Lionhead. Yeah. And they came out. And when that the marketing for that game was like, this is going to be an immersive RPG that's been unparalleled. I think one of the things they said is if you plant a tree when you're a child, that tree will be old and grow up when you're an adult. Because that game starts early childhood and then you work your way up. Um, yeah. It, it did not live up to all the shit that they were saying. But what it did – and that caused no. some controversy. But what it did do is it did have deeper – kind of open world mechanics and anything at that point like you could flirt with people you could get wives you could build a base you could like kill everybody in the town and the town would be desolate um they had like a bunch of stuff and that's what i remember was you could just you couldn't really do everything the way they said you could but you could do more than any other game at that point and that was i just remember fooling around like well what if i cheated on what if i like have a wife (laughs) What if I want this chick? I'll just kill my wife and kill that girl's husband, and then like I'll wow. just, and like and I wanted to see like would she would would the flirt mechanic still work? Like would she re, would, is the game smart enough to know that I killed her husband? And it wouldn't because it would like the AI would reset whatever, and then you'd initiate the flirting, and it would go into the flirting script based off whatever her profile was, and you could win her over. It didn't really matter that you killed the whole oh. town or something like that, but it was still fun to sort uh-huh. of poke holes into the simulation and figure out like yeah. where, where the game would break down. It was really fun. Yeah, that's, yeah, no, you're right. That's kind of cool actually. I thought about it like that. Yeah, Just, like I, actually trying to break the game. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> you could play good or evil, and I went. Well, I did one play, my first playthrough, like I always take the good route because usually games give you a little bit better overall power, like they reward you. Usually you have a split, like evil path, good path, whether it's infamous, fable, or all the games, the Jedi games. Usually Mm. the evil path will get you more like area of effect powers and it'll get you more powerful quicker. But by the end game, the, the good build or the light build was usually had a slight edge over the chaos or the dark build. And so yeah. I'd always do the good build first, but then I did a full chaos build on Fable, and I k- tried to kill everything in the game. Like <laughs> I tried to murder every civilian. <laughs> Eventually, Dude. they they start to repopulate, and it doesn't work because you can't like it won't let you kill certain NPCs that would break the game because you need them for a quest or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But you couldn't yeah. quite. I got pretty close to killing the entire population. Uh, that was impressive yeah no i think you might be a little bit of a psychopath cheating on wives murdering <laughs> a spouse uh devastating an entire town and economy ecosystems basically just the destroyer of worlds i grew up in a, i grew up in a highly orthodox mormon family so i was trying to find a way to be rebellious and the, uh, only, and the only way i could do that was in uh, simulation video games i suppose that's my excuse. Hey, or maybe I, just, maybe I just am a psychopath and none of you guys know it. 
Maybe a little bit. Who knows? We're all a little yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's fine. Uh, what's, uh, about it. So one more single-player game that managed to rope you in. All right. Okay. All right, I'm really going to have to dig deep. Single-player game. You can even go up to recent, if it's a recent one. Up to recent? Oh, boy. Recent stuff. Man, I'm going to sound like such a twat if I say what I've been playing. Because people are going to be like, <laughs> I hope it's such some, a... I hope it's some, like, anime, cheap <laughs> girls, high school simulator, Japanese bullshit. No offense if you, li if you yeah, like that stuff. No, 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 no that's cool. I, I have nothing against that kind of stuff, but I'm actually not into that kind of stuff, <laughs> to be fair. But recently, oh, man, I'd say the thing that I'm playing right now, and people are going to be like, that is so shit is actually Mad Max, and I really like it. I don't no. know why. What are you talking about? I just about? think it's pretty good. That game has a uh, massive cult following. Yeah, no, exactly. And actually, I found out I really, really like the universe of it. So I'm, I'm pretty into, like, post-apocalyptic stuff. Um, and I think the setting for that's really good. I also watched Mad Max Fury Road the other night, which I've got to say is, like, in my top <clears throat> top films that i've ever watched i love that film it's just non-stop destruction and devastation and cars and explosions and stuff it, it's amazing and the antagonist is such a creepy fucker and i love that yeah it's i so like good what i liked about that movie it was obviously it sounds like when people describe it it's just non-stop action and it sounds like oh that's a movie with no depth and no story but what's interesting about it is it tells – I don't know if you play, ever played the Dark Souls series, but it tells the story yeah, in a I way where you, you have to infer the lore of the world and you have to infer what's going on. And there's little gaps. There's little – that's what makes him so creepy because you're like, okay, this guy's like – he's the king of this tribe or this city and they have like moms that like milk in the baby system and they have this whole – obviously some sort of social structure which you can't quite figure out but you get a like a little sneak peek on how their society operates then you have the protagonist who's like escaping but you don't really know his backstory but then you get a little mm. bit so it's not like a dumb movie it sounds like when you say oh it's just chaos and destruction for a full two hours yes it no, is no it, yeah, it is yeah it's um one thing that i gotta say about it is they had this amazing character arc for this one character called Nook, who's like this little, um, he's a soldier of the antagonist's army. And he has this character arc where he goes from like, you know, obviously, this isn't spoiling much. It's pretty fucking obvious what happens. It goes from like evil to good. But the way that it happens throughout the whole movie, it's better than Max's character arc. He doesn't even have a fucking character he arc. He's just some crazy dude who like just comes out of nowhere he's like he has like visions and like stuff like that and he feels like remorse about something and it makes him angry and that's about it well yeah, that's I, like that. it. I like that because it's kind of peaking like there's something here even though he's the quote-unquote protagonist he's not really the protagonist the protagonist of that movie no. is the world in my opinion and Max is kind of just like, yeah. he's just this guy who's trying to survive and you know he's been surviving and he's had some trauma, but you don't really know. But the point is he's trying to survive this crazy fucking world that everything's a desert. Everyone's fighting over gas and killing each other. And there's these weird people in white. Like, yeah, that scene again where they had like all the moms hooked up to the breast milk machines. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, what the 
fuck is going on here? Uh, this is this is crazy. So it's messed up. Yeah, that's why I like that movie. It's uh, it is. If you just want nonstop action, like I have a friend, bless his heart, he'll be on the podcast soon. Omar, he's the head of K Swiss Social Media. Did the damn son with me? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He loves Fast and Furious. This is his favorite movie franchise ever, and that is just like kind of dumb fun. But he also loves yeah. he also loves Mad Max because there's an element of dumb fun to Mad Max. But I think why Mad Max yeah. is more of a cult following is under that dumb fun layer. There's actually a really intelligent lore building and world building layer that you get, you get the double whammy. You get the dumb fun, and you get to kind of nerd out a little bit. Yeah, it's like it's perfectly balanced. It's great. How does the and you is, don't get that lot? Is the video game lore based on the movie, or, or how mm. are they connected? Um, it's kind of difficult to tell because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in the game that talks about like uh, plague. Like I can remember him saying because sometimes when you discover a little piece of history, like a little relic, it's like a collectible. Uh, Max will have like a comment on it or something. Sometimes he talks about like plague and riots and econ- economic downfalls and starvation and stuff. But then in the film. It doesn't really... I don't think it went too much into it. No. So, I don't know. It's kind of difficult still. I know there's also comics as well, so there's probably a bunch of stuff. I'm pretty sure it's all canon, I think. Well, so what about what about the uh, game? Because I've actually had... I have another friend who's talked to me about it. He's going to come on the podcast. That's one of his favorite open-world games of all time. Oh, so well, I know, yeah, I know people love that game. What about it was so special to you? Um, well, for one, just the fact that your main weapon almost is the magnum opus the car that you're building with your your buddy chum bucket the um, and hunchback guy yeah. yeah 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 and he's almost part of the car really i mean it's his like love child like like he's sorry his brainchild uh so he's like building this because it's like his religious quest almost because he has this like religion that he's i think he's made it or it's like a religion in the law that he follows but it's like just this package the magnum opus with chum bucket and then when you step into it it's like this like trifecta of like <laughs> it just becomes this amazing powerful object that can like destroy anything yeah and just upgrading that is like and in, in any other rpg it's like upgrading your character or something it just works really well it's like having a weapon that you upgrade it's for cool. the whole game yeah i i haven't beaten that game i played through like a few hours but i loved I liked how he rides with you and then you can use him to, to fix it. Like, Oh, that, that makes a sense mm. f- for like getting the health back to your car is actually, it's not just some mechanic. It's actually tied to how the world works because you have the sidekick guy who's crazy. I inferred that it was just some made up religion. He made himself to sort of cope yeah. and get by or I'm not sure yeah, where he picked it up. Yeah. But yeah, he's just crazy, almost like Gollum hunchback, like the mix between the, <laughs> He's the mix between the yeah. Hunchback guy in 300 and Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Yes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he worships exactly your car. That. Yeah. It's a pretty cool character. I could see why. It definitely, yeah, I like that idea. I need, I need to go back and, and finish that game because you are yeah. the third person who's recommended it to me. All right. Yeah, no, I'd go for it. It gets better as it goes along, I would say. Just make sure you power through that first region. It's like a first level. And then once you get into the second and third region, I just made it to the third region. It's just getting more deep. 
and interesting. So I recommend it. Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. One last, if you could pick either an existing memory you've talked about or just the best gaming memory, the best time you've ever had playing games. Um, uh, What's the oh, GOAT? Okay. What is the oh, GOAT? The GOAT. All right. It's on Minecraft, all right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Minecraft! <laughs> Minecraft, man, it's got to be. But it, again, it's like a social thing, right? So me and some of the guys, this was in school, I think, uh, when I was like 17, we're all 17, in the same year at school, and we would rent out a server uh, every year. We'd been doing it for about three years with the same guys. Sometimes some other people would get it and join us. Um, but basically, it was when they added an end game to it. Well, not an end game, like... A, an ending where there was like this dragon that you would kill at the end of it. And uh, we were all on it all day trying to find this like portal to get to the nether, which is where this dragon is that you can kill. But we were really struggling to get the means of finding this portal. And uh, so we stayed on till like 2 a.m. or something. And uh, one of my friends had a glitch in his, um, in his computer and he was able to see through the map. And he saw, just purely by chance, we'd been wandering for like an hour in one direction. He just looked down and the portal was there. This one portal was just sitting there underneath the ground. And we were like, well, we didn't mean to do it. So let's go and get it. Anyway, our nemesis, who was one of the guys uh, at school, he had found it as well. And he had a chest of like diamond armor, all the best shit down there ready to go in by himself when and he was kill ready. this dragon yeah yeah so you stole he, it he was ready yeah so he, he had <laughs> logged off for the night just out of chance and we'd found it so he'd logged off and we were like we need to do this we need to do this before ed does this so we literally all nicked all of his stuff we took all of his stuff got into the portal and had this epic battle with this dragon and we killed it and uh, at the end a little egg spawns right on this little like plinth and uh, so we actually got in front of the egg, had a group photo in front <laughs> of the egg. <laughs> and then we got into, I think, it must have just been a school week. Yeah, we got into school the next day uh, with, with the photo and we showed it to Ed. And he went fucking apeshit. <laughs> he, was, he was not happy. So we all remember that as like, our penultimate uh like that was the last time that all of us were together because it was kind of like towards the end of school and it was like the last time that we had this like amazing gaming session ah, that was see. like the gaming session of all sessions and it was just great fun and i really miss it and now i really want to play minecraft <laughs> uh, so it was like yeah. a, it was like a spoiler alert the end of stranger things like it was time to. Oh yeah, everyone Major was going to move on and go to different parts of their life, and it was the last time everyone got together. And obviously, you, you clowned on your boy, stole a shit, took a group photo. I like it. That's a great yeah. story. Those are exactly yeah, the kind fun. of things I want to extract out of people. Yeah, uh, it was great. It was great. <laughs> well, let's I end it with that. that. Uh, get, tell everyone again where they can find your shit online. Oh, yeah. Uh, so my illustrations and stuff, uh, it's only on Instagram at the moment. Uh, you can find them under at false underscore tooth on Instagram. 
and uh yeah that, that's it i don't i don't know where to go with that yeah that's it <laughs> awesome man appreciate your time i'm gonna yeah. hit the stop button on the recording and that is a wrap for episode two if you're listening to this it means you listened to the entirety of the episode and for that i thank you from the bottom of my heart and my shveti balsack because let's be real sitting for an hour and a half two hours talking to someone you're bound to sweat in no man's land you do it too don't judge me we're all human Thanks for your patience with the audio quality. This was my first time recording a Skype conversation online. I have learned my lessons moving forward. They will all be much better in terms of audio quality. We've got some great guests coming up. Make sure to like, subscribe, whatever. Tell your friends about the podcast. If you do that, like I mentioned on the first podcast, I will be your clingy ex that you can use and abuse for the rest of your life because I just need your validation. I just need it, okay? Please give it to me. Have a good day. See you all later. Bye-bye.